Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Welcome to worship. I'm so glad you're here. You dug out through all that snow and made your way to worship to, to worship our God and our Savior, the one who loves us unconditionally, the one who calls us to follow Him and to experience His love and His grace. Let's pray together to Him. Almighty God, thank You for Your incredible love, for Your incredible grace, for a chance to come into Your house again and to worship You, to celebrate all that You have done and all that You will do, to remind ourselves of Your faithfulness, to call unto you for our needs, for our desires. Lord Jesus, we welcome you to worship. We pray that all that we say and do would be pleasing unto you, that we would see you, hear you, and respond to you as we worship you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to share with you this morning a passage from the Paul's letter to the Philippians, and I just want to say before I start to read this, Paul was the master of run-on sentences, and uh, <clears throat> if you've ever done run, uh, any English stuff, when you write a run-on sentence, you know what happens, the teacher gets all over you, I know that because I love run-on sentences, uh, but Paul was great at it, which makes him very difficult to read. Uh, and so maybe in your translation you'll see things a little differently if you have your own Bible out. Um, but that's because they're trying to figure out where to put the period and where not to. Uh, but in the New International Version, for instance, uh, verses 14 through 16 are one sentence. Uh, so bear with me if I don't get it all quite right uh, this morning. But, but Paul shares with us some things that I think are important for us to remember Paul says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may not, I'm sorry, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing. This God's most holy word. Guy, I'm going to grab, can you grab that, that um, stool? I need this stool. Yeah, right there. <clears throat> Thank you. I always wanted to do this. You know, I, I always thought if I sat down, I could preach a whole lot longer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why you kept them away for so long. <laughs> oh, ouch, that hurts. <clears throat> hey, I didn't say that. I know. 
I know, just for the record, for those of you listening on podcasts, it was not Kenny who said, you're getting older. <clears throat> um, <coughs> I do need my clicker, however. Excuse me, man. One of the first Sundays I was here, I... Um, going to be looking back, obviously, today. and uh, I remember, I, I'm not sure if it was the first Sunday, but it was one of the first Sundays I was here. Sally, where's Sally? Oh, she's, in the, she's with the little kids. Um, Sally, God bless her. She had asked me to do a dedication uh, for the um, Sunday school teachers at, during worship. And back then, of course, second service was everybody, and first service was like, 15, 20 people max. And um, so I said, I'd be glad to do that. Um, And we got into worship, and of course, I wasn't used to the service yet. And um, I looked down and I realized that we had lapel mics. I realized I didn't have my mic. And I thought, well, we're going to do, I can't remember, there was something in between. Uh, I'll go get my mic during that time. Uh, What I forgot was that the teacher dedication was right when I walked out the door. And if you didn't know Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott was awesome, and he was good on the fly, and he got up, and I come back in, they're doing the teacher dedication, I'm like, oops, um, and, and Sally, she was so gracious, um, you all have been very gracious. Um, I want to look at, at this uh, letter that uh, Paul writes to the church at Philippi, um, and obviously this morning there's going to be a lot of memories that, that I hope to share. Uh, if you are here worshiping with us for the first time, or some of these memories don't don't connect, uh, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. There are some people here old enough that they've forgotten many of this stuff anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I do want you to hear what the Word of God says because that is certainly much more important than even the memories we have and the memories we share. Uh, the Apostle Paul had a, a neat place in his heart for the church at Philippi. Because you see, uh, Philippi was a special uh, connection for him. Uh, He didn't go to Philippi just on a whim. Uh, You may remember uh, in Acts chapter 16, it tells us this story and the story of Philippi, which is just pretty incredible. Uh, Paul had a dream, actually. He was planning on going to Troas. And in this dream, uh, this man came and and he said, come on over to Macedonia. And as a result of that, Paul, Paul believed that God was calling him and his companions to share the gospel in Macedonia. And of course, the capital of Macedonia at the time was Philippi. Uh, so that's exactly where Paul heads. And so this special call gets him to Philippi. And when he gets there, everything started out pretty good, but things went south fast, and they had some real problems. And there's a story in Acts chapter 16 that you may remember, but you probably don't remember. It happened in Philippi. You see, Paul and his buddy Silas were thrown in prison. And you may remember that story. Uh, when they got into prison, they were just praising God, and they were put in prison for sharing the gospel. And, and they're just praising God. And, and an earthquake happens. Do you remember this story? And, and the chains fall off their arms, and, and, and everybody in the jail is set free. And, and the jailer thinks that everybody's probably taken off. And he comes running in, and of course their lives is his responsibility, and it's his life for theirs. 
And he walks in and they're all still there. And Paul says, don't be afraid. We're all still here. And he shares with him the love of Jesus that could set him free from his prison. And the man accepts Christ and he goes home and they tell, or the home is connected there and they go over there and share with the whole family. The whole family accepts Christ and they're all baptized that day. Uh, so even in the midst of the struggles and the strife, we see God at work in some powerful ways. It was pretty awesome. Uh, and then, of course, Paul would go, whenever he went to uh, a town, he would often go to a, a river. And the reason being is, if there wasn't a, a full synagogue in a town, which, of course, he usually went to pagan cities, so there wasn't usually a place, a synagogue, um, <clears throat> there, there would frequently be people who would gather by a body of water and pray together. And frequently, obviously, they were women because you had to have ten men to have a synagogue. Uh, so he would go there. And he met this lady named Lydia. And Lydia is an incredible lady. Lydia is a businesswoman in Philippi. She sells purple clothing, dyed, uh, dyed cloth and dyed clothing. And um, she listens to Paul. And she accepts the message that Paul brings of Jesus Christ. And she gives her heart to Jesus. And she is baptized. And her family as well. As she goes home and, and uh, shares with them. And they're all baptized. And what an awesome experience for Paul. You can see why Paul has this neat place in his heart um, for the church at Philippi. Uh, because some powerful things happened there. Where God was at work in and amongst them. And so the truth of the matter is, uh, what, over 19 years ago, um, there was a group of people here that got together. Uh, they were the public committee, and I couldn't find a good picture, but this was the best picture I could find <laughs> of the public committee. You may recognize them. I think the, one, the, the young one there is probably Jeremy. Uh, did Jeremy make it? Uh, they left. Yeah, I knew they were leaving today. He was hoping to come. He wanted to be here on my first Sunday and my last Sunday. Uh, Jeremy was how old? He was in high school. Yeah, he was a little kid. Uh, well, he was in high school. Sorry, all you high school students. Uh, he was in high school uh, and was on the pulpit committee. Um, and he, of course, now he's grown, has a family, and lives in Texas. But uh, just a powerful witness to see what God has done. Uh, if you were on the pulpit committee, would you stand? If you, if you remember, I know it's a long time ago. Anybody still here that was on the pulpit committee? Okay. Three people left on the pulpit committee. Yeah, give them a hand. They, they stuck it out. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, it, it, was, it was a great committee. Uh, Ted McQueenie was on it. and I don't know. I, don't, I shouldn't start this because B. Tanner was on it. B. probably couldn't make it because of the weather. Um, but, uh, and, and Jim and uh, uh, Debbie Vogel was on it, not Jim. And I remember B. and, and, um, and Debbie because... When we came to candidate, uh, or not to candidate, to, to visit, uh, to interview, um, you, you may not know this story, but uh, we came and uh, it was kind of stormy um, on the East Coast when we were supposed to leave. And we had made it up to Buffalo early, and the lady at the desk said, you know, the, the airport in Logan is closed. It has been closed all day. It just opened. They don't expect it to be open long. So you'll want to, there's a flight leaving in, what was it, 20 minutes or something like that? Uh, so you'll want to be on that flight. We said, great. She said, but there are only two seats available. 
They're at the emergency exit on either side of the plane. Now, I had flown hundreds of times and never had any problems, so yeah, that's no problem. So we got on the plane, and as we were going in, it was Logan, or not Logan, uh, what was it? Newark, Newark Airport. So as we're flying into Newark, they, they fly in low, and then they take off again. And I, I said to the guy next to me, that can't be good. Um, and the stewardess goes up front, and, and come to find out, uh, I give Bertie a hard time. She was on a flight like this, and I tell her she was on our flight. Uh, <clears throat> but the stewardess get together in the galley, and the stewardess comes to talk to me afterwards, and she's shaking. <clears throat> And she says, we're going to have to make an emergency landing. Um, and I kind of thought, well, God, if we survive this, maybe we will go to Greenfield. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> long story short, uh, I was on the pagan side of the plane. The guy next to me didn't believe in God, didn't want to believe in God, didn't want to talk about God. Barb was on the Christian side of the plane. They're praising God and singing and praying to him. Uh, <laughs> The, the good news is we landed safely, um, and God was clearly in the process and called us here 19 years ago. Over 19 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Um, it wasn't an answer in a dream. Uh, I did ask Kathy, however, uh, when we candidated, she went on a bike ride with uh, the youth group on the peninsula. I don't know if any of you remember that. Um, and when she came back to the motel, I said, well, Kathy, what do you think? Um, could you worship here? Um, could you be a part of this church? And she said, yeah, I, I can. I said, good, we'll come. She said, I decided? <laughs> so, well, not quite, Kathy, but you were a part of that process as God speaks to us through others um, as he did uh, to the Apostle Paul. Um, we uh, Obviously, uh, since we've been here, things haven't always been good. Uh, we've had to make some pretty difficult decisions. Um, and... Uh, some of those decisions were easy to make, some were hard to make. Um, but, but we've seen God work in and through all of those decisions. And I don't want to dwell on this for a long time because the struggles here have been insignificant compared to the joys that we have faced. Um, and some of you have been a part of those struggles. And I don't mean to minimize those. What I do know is we've seen God work through those in some powerful ways. And I want to encourage you because that's what Paul discovered and that's what we've discovered. And the same will always be true. If you stay faithful to God, even through the struggle, you'll see God do incredible things. That's why we share together in our prayer and praise time, right? Because God is at work and we know He's at work. And we want to pray for one another because we want to see how God will work through those struggles to bring joy and incredible meaning to your life. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you have no clue what I'm talking about. So I want to say real clearly that I encourage you to open your heart to Jesus today because He's got a plan for your life which is something you never expected. And it'll be awesome. Because as we have worshipped God together, uh, we have grown and love for one another. And we love you deeply and we'll always love you deeply. And that's what's made our time here special. So I want to look at what Paul says to Philippi because I want to say some of the same things to you. And I believe God wants to say those things to us. Notice he calls them his dear friends. And certainly you are our dear friends. 
And uh, we will pray for you and think of you often. Uh, You will not be lost in our hearts and in our minds. And he wants, Paul encourages the church to shine on. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want you to shine on. You see, I don't want you to get dull or dim. I want you to shine in what God is doing in your life. Because you're making a difference in this community. You're making a difference where you work, where you live, where you go to school, you're making a difference because the light of Jesus is shining in you. And I would hate to see that change uh, simply because God calls me to some other mission field because he's got work for you to do here. And and so I encourage you to shine on. And and the first thing he says is to continue to work out your salvation. Um, and, And I want to talk about working out your salvation because you need to know that you do not earn your salvation. Okay, That's not what he's saying. Well, if you work hard enough, you'll be saved. We believe, and the Scripture teaches, that if you say yes to Jesus, you are saved. Jesus comes into your life, and He begins to transform your life. You are saved. The minute you say yes to Jesus, you are saved. That's awesome. And I encourage you to do that if you haven't. If you have, that's just the beginning. Can you imagine if when Elizabeth was born on Wednesday at 3 o'clock, her parents said, there, I can see Rebecca, there, it's all over, and walked out of the room and said, that was good. I wouldn't do that. That baby's just starting, right? It's just beginning. It's going to grow. It's going to do some awesome things. It's going to experience things it never experienced. It's going to change. And that's what God's all about in our lives. You see, when you say yes to Jesus, Jesus said it's like being born again, right? Uh, all of a sudden, you're a new life. You have a new life. Everything changes. And you can't just stop at that. You've got to let that grow and work out in your life. It's like breathing. You ever try to just breathe in? You can't do it. I dare you. Some of you young people already started. I know. I saw you. <gasps> I can do this. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. <coughs> you can't. you got to breathe out. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you when you say yes to Jesus. All that stuff begins to come out. And I just want to share with you some ways that that comes out in powerful, in powerful um, um, moments. And one of those, is, of course, is in your prayer time. Because when you say yes to Jesus and he starts working in your life, prayer time becomes very dynamic. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm excited because uh, this church is a praying church. And for all those of you who've been praying that I wouldn't be able to leave so that it snows like this, um, I'm going to find you. And we're going to be praying for you when we leave. Uh, no, no, but I remember when Steve was little. We called him Stevie back then. I, I still call him Stevie sometimes. When Steve was little and Jason went off to the Navy, you remember that? And Stevie prays that his brother Jason come home. And, and was it the next day or two days later, Jason comes walking back in the door. I can't remember what the problem was, but Jason came home. And Steve's like, yeah, God answers prayer, baby. <laughs> And, and God does. I, God answers prayer in exciting ways. Um, when I first came here, we did a prayer summit. I don't know if you remember that. Um, we prayed for 24 hours in this building. 
and deacons and deaconesses led it together. And, and the ones I remember the most, I remember a lot of them, but the ones I remember most was Bill Johnson and Judy Bennett. Bill now lives in, in uh, Arizona, and Judy lives in, in heaven with Jesus. Um, but I remember it because Bill was very much, he was a Navy man. And he was very much Navy. And we're going to do this, 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 and we're going to do this. And he had it all planned out. Boom, 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 boom. And every five minutes, things changed. And we did this, 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 and this. And we got to the end, and there was like, I don't know, four minutes left. And Judy just quietly said, you know, I think we just need to go up to the altar together and talk to Jesus. So after all those formal things that we had done, we came and just in the presence of Jesus talked to him. And Jesus' spirit fell upon this place in a powerful way in that moment. And I believe that began to change things here in ways you'll never know. Because Judy had a spirit that was just like that. And she wanted us to be open to the Spirit of God. And that's really what prayer is, right? Being open to the Spirit of God in your life. Um, and I pray that you would continue to do that. Also, continue to share uh, the love of God. Um, we have done that in so many ways. I hate to even start to mention them all. But I can't go without mentioning Journey to Bethlehem. It was incredible to share the love of Jesus through the journey. And many of you have no clue what that was like because you weren't here then. Uh, but I remember watching kids walk through, and even Stephanie when she was little. I mean, the manger was in here, and you could sit. There was a, a kneeling bench at the front, and she sat for the whole weekend, the first year we were here. I think she was there every minute listening to Donnie or Mike or whoever tell the story of how Jesus was born. It was powerful to hear the love of God. How God loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. And it happened and it began in that manger. And of course, we went, you'd gone from the, the craziness of the town, which was really crazy. Uh, Pastor Scott was going around asking men if they were circumcised. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. We, we had shepherds lead uh, sheep through the place. We had beggars going around asking for money. We had traders. Uh, it was total chaos. And then you walk through the stables, which is now in a hallway. Um, and in the stables, you, you had to watch out because the, the llama spit and the turkey liked to attack you. <laughs> but if you made it all the way through, you came to the quietness of God's presence, and you experienced His love. And I hope and pray that whenever you come into this place, this sanctuary, you would experience His love. And I would hope and pray that wherever you go, those who meet you would experience that same love. And we did one other, one other program that I want to remind you of. You remember the farm? Y'all hated it. <laughs> well, not everybody, I suppose. I loved the farm. Uh, we, we, we divided up our neighborhood, and we went door to door, and we handed out things, and we asked people if we could pray for them. Uh, I had some powerful moments in that, and I encourage you to find ways to do this, to pray for your neighbors. Uh, I, I ran into one person, the first 
I think it was the second door we went to. And I said, hey, we're from Greenfield Baptist. We got something for you. And is there any way we could pray for you? And the, the lady stepped out of her house and she said, my son left for the military today. Would you pray for him, for his safety? And we prayed right there on the front step. And God's presence was there and she knew that God cared about her. You see, that's powerful stuff. That's powerful stuff. Kelly went to the pagan. Um, where's Kelly? Hey, Kelly? Kelly went to his pagan neighbor and um, was able to at least talk about Jesus with a guy who, who was totally opposed to everything that Jesus is. Um, but he was willing to listen and to talk to Kelly. And that's, that's powerful stuff. Um, share the love of Jesus wherever you go. He's the one that makes a difference. A- and then lastly, be different. Um, and this church is different in a lot of ways. Some of you are more different than others. Uh, that's what makes you special and why we love you. Um, but the truth of the matter is, um, when you're different, uh, people notice. Uh, and that's what, that's what it, Paul means when he says we shine like stars. Because we're different. We are neighbors. We make neighbors. And we build God's neighborhood. You didn't think you would get away without hearing that today, did you? Um, that vision came out of a group of people who got together to seek God on behalf of this congregation. And we looked at who we are. And we looked at who we are called to be. And we went to the Word of God and we found Luke chapter 14. And it hit us between the eyes and we said, this is who we are. And it's a powerful statement. Don't forget it. Um, I know someone else will come in here and try to get you to say something. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Someone else will come in here and and there'll be new direction and that's good. Uh, But don't forget who we are. We are neighbors, and neighbors make a difference in our neighborhood. So uh, we want to continue to work out our salvation. Don't forget to continue to work out your salvation. Uh, But but that's not all Paul says here. He he also says that we need to become children of God. Um, And to become children of God means he says this, which is interesting to me, do everything without complaining or arguing. I'm just going to let that sit a minute. Do everything without complaining or arguing. That's hard to do, isn't it? I find that really hard to do because I know I'm right, so I have to argue with you to make sure you get it right. So that we can become children of God. You know what's neat about being children? Uh, Children like to have good, clean fun. It's when we get older that we mess that all up. And this church loves to have good, clean fun. Um, We have vacation Bible school like very few have vacation Bible school. Those poor ladies from Japan, I don't think they ever had a clue what they were getting into when they came here from Japan to work VBS with us, but it was awesome. Um, I have, i got to get this right, I have been a woman for VBS. I have been an aunt I've been a pirate. I've been Dr. Bad. I have been most everything you can think of when it comes to VBS. I have had my hair buzzed and I have eaten insects. And I have watched hundreds of kids say yes to Jesus. 
and it's worth every minute of it. It is so much fun. The kids come to church the next Sunday expecting it to be like VBS and get let down. (laughs) We've had kids show up, uh, a number of years ago, we had kids show up on their own. They lived down the road. They walked down Sunday morning after vacation Bible school because they they had so much fun in vacation Bible school and came here to worship. That is just awesome. Um, That's what having good, clean fun is about. Always have fun. I love uh, talent shows. I know talent shows may uh, not be as popular as they used to be. I always think of Amanda at talent shows. Uh, Amanda is an awesome pianist, and for years she would come and play for us, and she'd always pick things that would stretch her, and she didn't always hit the right notes. But everybody said, Amanda, you are incredible. And now I don't think she hits wrong notes because she is incredible. And she heard that from you. Um, and that is cool. That's what being the people of God, children of God, is all about. Encouraging and loving one another. And, and I would also say this, that children know that change takes place and change has to happen. And change is going to happen here, folks. Buckle your pew belts. Things are going to be different. That doesn't mean they're going to be bad. They're going to be different. And different can be good and exciting. One of my favorite deacons meeting, I'm not going to call the deacon out, but one of my favorite deacons meeting, we were sitting in the meeting, and someone came up with this idea that was really kind of on the outside, thinking outside the box. And the other, a lot of the other deacons were like, yeah, I see that, I see that. And this one deacon looked at all of us and said, well, he said, it's not my thing, but if God's in it, I think we should do it. I want you to hear that because there are going to be a lot of ideas that come your way and you may say, ooh, I don't want to do that. But you need to know if God's in it, it's going to be awesome. So accept it. Don't complain. Don't argue. Accept what God's calling you to. Say, that'll be awesome. First service when I came here was 15, 20 people tops on a Sunday. And... uh, I said, something's got to change. And I went to Mark, and I said, Mark, are you willing to commit to a year? He didn't know it was going to be, I don't know how many years it's been, (laughs) almost 19 probably. Uh, I said, would you commit to a year so that we could change uh, the format of worship uh, first service? And he said, yeah, I'd love to do that. Then I went to Connie, and she agreed too. And... um, And then I went to some of the other musicians who had been playing and offered them, and they're all like, no, we were trying to get out of this anyway. (laughs) Uh, We're excited that you're willing to do that. And uh, they, God bless them, uh, they took took the reins, and um, things began to change. And I want you to think about first service now, which is, I mean, we run, what, 160, 150? First service, easy. Um, You hear what God did? It was hard for a lot of people. I know a lot of you said, I don't know if I like this. I want you to see where it ended up. Because God was in it. If God's in it, good things are going to happen. Don't complain. Don't argue about it. Say, okay God, this is where we're headed. I'm going to go with the church and see what you do. 
and we saw some some exciting things. Some exciting things have happened uh, first service. And and look at the praise team now. I mean, holy cow! Uh, who would have thought we'd have violins and uh, saxophone and um, We've been through a number of drummers, and Bobby does a great job, and now we've got Nate coming up, and uh, it's just exciting. How many different singers have we had? Um, God is very good, and we've seen him do great things. He's going to keep doing great things. Um, and so I, I just want you to know uh, that we're going to become children of God, and he's going to do great things in our lives. And then finally, uh, rejoice. Come on, people. Rejoice. God has done great things. I, I've been thinking about all the wonderful things that have happened. Um, I remember the, one of the first weddings I did here. Um, <laughs> looked something like that. Uh, and I pronounced them Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Jimmy Bartlett. <laughs> and Mr. and Mrs. Kibbe sit in the balcony and now they're all grown up and have a bunch of kids and their kids are growing up. Holy cow. It's amazing to watch. Weddings uh, are sometimes a struggle, but some of the weddings here have been so awesome. Um, if I married you, don't blame me. Um, <laughs> rejoice with me that God has brought you together. I, yeah, I warned Veronica, so it's her, her responsibility, not mine. <laughs> and she and Kenny have beautiful children. Oh, it's so fun. Uh, one of the things I love to do is baptize children I've seen born, uh, marry kids I've seen uh, baptized. Um, that's just exciting to see you guys grow up. Some of you have gotten old. Some of you have gotten really old. Um, I've gotten a little older. Um, but we've seen God. Uh, think of all the baptisms. Um, for a while there, we were doing videos. I, want, I'm, I was tempted to show them, but it just take too long. Uh, we were doing videos of baptism, and the first Sunday of the next year, we would show all the baptisms, and it was just so exciting. And it is so exciting. And I love doing baptisms down uh, at Freeport. That's just so awesome, so exciting. Uh, a couple years ago, I think it was when uh, Jason was baptized. Uh, do you remember that, the thunderstorm? But, I mean, there are thunderstorms all around us. It's like, well, is it safe to go in the water? Hey, it's not safe to follow Jesus. We got in that water and uh, baptized Jason. I can't remember. A bunch of people were baptized that day. Um, and it was exciting to see God work in that. Um, and then we've seen people say yes to Jesus. Um, I'll never forget the day Jim Hall, uh, he can't be here today. Uh, he's in um, North Carolina where it's warm. Uh, but I'll never forget the day he walked into my office and said, uh, you know, we'd been through a lot together. We buried his wife. And uh, I first met Jim, by the way, at, uh, at a graduation party that the deacons do. The deacons do a, a, a graduation party for the graduates every year, and they invite them in, and it's kind of a, you know, now you're adults, you're under our care. You were under the youth staff care, and they've done a great job. And we just want you to know that we love you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to walk with you. And they, they used to do games to warm things up. And we did this game, Jim Hall and Neil Dirchman came face to face, and what you had to do was ask a question, and the other person had to give an answer that had nothing to do with the question. And if you, if you said something that had to do with the question, you were out. Um, so um, it, it ended up just Jim Hall and Neil Dirchman. 
And they went on and on and on. And it got funnier and funnier and funnier. And I thought, I need to know this guy named Jim. And his daughter, uh, who is now a, a doctor, uh, 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 a geriatric physician in uh, New Hampshire, um, was the, the senior that year, the, the graduate. Um, and so I got to know him. I got to know his other daughter, Michelle, and his son, Chris. They started coming to church. Chris, uh, his son-in-law, and Michelle were in the praise band for a while. Uh, Chris played bass. That was fun. Uh, they moved uh, to North Carolina. Uh, and then uh, Jim's wife died. And it was very hard. She was not very old. She died of cancer. It was a hard battle. And we prayed together and we walked together. And Jim's wife was a firm believer in Jesus. And she talked to Jim a lot about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And so it wasn't long after, uh, after Debbie's death that Jim called me up and said, could I come talk to you? And I said, sure. And he came into my office and he said, can I ask Jesus to be a part of my life? And I, of course, said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> no, I said, yes. And we got down on our knees right there. And he asked Jesus into his life. That, to me, will stand out forever in my life as an opportunity when we saw God. And that wasn't just me. That was you all uh, who reached out to that family and loved them and made a difference. You see, we have many reasons to rejoice. And all the births, I mean, it's neat to have Elizabeth here this morning, Philip, and, and where's Julie? Is Julie here? She's here. <laughs> Hasn't come yet, but soon another baby. Oh, so exciting. Those are good times. Rejoice. Don't stop rejoicing. God is doing great things. Our God is going to do great things in this group of people because He loves you very much, and He started an incredible work and it's not over yet. And he's going to bring someone who's going to uh, take you to the next level. And you're going to see him do great things. You see, the scripture says, rejoice with me and be glad. Because God is doing great things. So I, I do want to say a few thank yous before we're done. Uh, I want to thank the diaconate here. Uh, and I think of all the different chairs. Uh, Carrie is doing a great job right now, by the way. She's an awesome chairman of the deaconesses. Um, and Janice in the years past. I think Susan's been chair before. No, I thought you were once. Uh, and, and then, of course, the deacons. There, there seems to be Kelly and Jim and Paul and all did awesome jobs. Mark has done an awesome job as chairman of the deacons. The trustees, I think there's been three chairs since I've been here. Uh, and they kind of just have been rotating. Uh, I think some of that's probably going to change now. But uh, they've done a great job. Jeff, uh, wherever Jeff went. Oh, he's down here today. I'm not used to him down here. He's usually up there. Um, Jeff is currently the chair doing a great job. Um, and uh, Ted was chair when I came. All this here wasn't, for those of you who are new to us, this hallway wasn't here and all this back here wasn't here when I came. Uh, and God gave us the, the vision and not just the vision, but provided for that. We've paid for all that. That's all paid for. 
um, and God has blessed us. It's a great, you have no idea what it was like to go through that back hallway from the gym over here that's only about as wide as the aisle here and try to get 200 people through that hallway uh, between services. It was nuts. And now we have this huge hallway and God has blessed us tremendously. And Brent, of course, was the other one who's been chair of the, the trustees. And, and I'll never forget the year we bought the, the big tractor with a pusher because that year it didn't snow hardly at all. <laughs> and Brent got up at the annual meeting and he said, if I had known that's all it would take, we'd have bought this thing a long time ago. <laughs> um, and, and what a blessing that has been uh, for us. And then the Board of Christian Ed, uh, so many, uh, I, I, you know, you guys have done great work. Um, and Sally, uh, and of course Ann did the, the Sunday School Superintendent thing, and, um, and Brenda has done it some. And then, uh, of course, Brenda and Kim, who do the finances for us, do an incredible job, and Ruth Ann before that. And, uh, you know, you just go on and on. So many people who have done so many incredible things. Uh, Board of Missions, Barb Levan uh, made missions exciting here. I, I hope that continues. Uh, the moment for mission you heard today was a result of Barb Levan saying, we've got to get this in front of people. Um, and then Lois, of course, who picked up that torch and for years made sure that kept burning. And, and Diane has done a great job this year, and the board, uh, Rachel and others, uh, I've been trying to keep those things going, and that board's changing. Please pray for that board, but I know God will lift someone up there. Um, so many to thank. Uh, I thank Ann for putting up with me. <laughs> Poor Ann. You have no clue what Ann puts up with in the office. Uh, she was only a secretary for, I don't know how long she'd been here, not long. And my office was way over in the in the. Uh, library and she was still over here and we were starting to do this construction stuff and every time the phone rang she'd have to go all the way to the library to tell me someone was on the phone and come back and after about the fourth time I said to her I said Ann I'm sorry we're going to have to cut your pay and you should have seen her face drop and she of course she back then didn't know now she just looks at us and smirks but uh I said, uh, yeah, we didn't realize this included an exercise program. <laughs> oh, you, she said and walked out. But Ann does incredible work and things you'll never know that make things happen here. And on Sunday morning, this is not a work day for her, but it becomes a work day because you have something you want in the bulletin or on the overhead, and you go talk to her. She doesn't get paid for that. She does that because she's committed to the ministry here. Um, and so she does incredible work, and I can't thank her enough for covering my backside over and over again. And then, of course, I want to thank Dan. Where's Dan? Where's he hiding? There he is. Uh, Dan and I have done some crazy things together. Um, I do want to note that I am not the one behind all those pranks. <laughs> I knew I'd get the last word. Um, but Dan does incredible ministry, uh, has a great heart, and we have been able to serve him together, and it's been a great time. Uh, we've had a lot of associates here, um, good ones, uh, others that were a little more difficult. Um, there were times when I was concerned, uh, but God has worked through all of that, and 
with Dan, it's been easy most of the time um, as we've worked together and we've seen God do incredible things and change lives. And it was easy to go on vacation knowing that things were, were well covered and taken care of. And it makes leaving here a whole lot easier uh, because I know that, that Dan will uh, pick up pieces uh, as he can um, and as the interim comes, um, we'll work with them and we'll see where God leads all that. So I can't thank you enough for your prayers, for your love, uh, for the opportunities you've given me, um, for putting up with some of the things that, that I did at the last minute. Uh, the deacon's favorite phrase uh, when asked if the sermon was ready was, are the deacons coming down the aisle yet? Uh, which, of course, all changed when we did this overhead stuff and all that. Um, but we've seen God do incredible things. And I thank you for being a part of that. Um, and I look forward to seeing how God will continue to do great things. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you. So you too should be glad and rejoice. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the many years you've given us together, opportunities to celebrate, um, to be together, to laugh, to cry, to share together. It is hard to say goodbye. But thank you that in you, goodbye is never forever. We think of all those we love that we've said goodbye to that are just waiting for us to come and see them in glory with you. Oh Lord, I'd begin to name them, but there's just way too many. And they are so near and dear to us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities you've given us to reach out to our neighbors and to share with them your love to come before you in prayer on their behalf and to watch your hand work in their lives in ways we never expected. To share together in love in times that were difficult, but in times that were filled with joy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the music that you give us. Thank you for Vivian and all that she's done over the years. And for this praise team that is so faithful week after week to lead us into your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saints that are here, that are leaders among your people, who have led us in ways and directions that have been toward you. And we pray, Father, that we would be faithful to you and continue to follow your direction as together we listen for your voice. We pray, Father, for your people here. We pray that your peace would fall upon them, that your love would surround them 
that they would see that You are faithful. And that, Lord, in the days ahead, we would celebrate at all the wondrous work that You will do. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray. We pray for one another. And we seek Your face. And we give You all the praise and the glory for You are our King and our Lord and our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.